At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. Unfortunately, Silver Linings edition tonight. We knew the win streak wasn't going to last forever. None of them ever do. But the Hornets falling to the Denver Nuggets 129-104 to on the front end of a back-to-back coming up tonight. They'll visit Staples Center and the Los Angeles Lakers defending champion Los Angeles Lakers, I might add. First time LaMelo Ball will play in his hometown, albeit without fans in attendance. To talk about last night's game and tonight's game, we've got the coordinator of digital media content for the Charlotte Hornets, Sam Purley. Yes, a two Sam's edition of the HHC. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing well. Thank you, as always, for having me. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you. Hornets fall by 25, most lopsided loss of the season. This one really got put away early in the third quarter. What are your initial takeaways from the loss? I mean, it was a good start. I think they did a good job of kind of generating some opportunities in transition, which they didn't do as much against Sacramento as well. And you can kind of see they were giving up points in the half court a lot in that game. And then I think Denver went on a 7-0 run to end the second quarter, had a 10 or 11 point lead at half, and then just came out on fire in the third. And just, it never, Hornets never really recovered. I think it reached a point where they just weren't converting enough on offense, missing some easy attempts around the rim, turning it over down in the lane on kickouts. And I think they did a good job kind of managing the offensive struggles and not letting it carry over to the defense, but I think that can only last so long. And it, I think the bottom kind of fell out in the third. And then knowing that you've got this game against the Lakers tonight, I think you kind of you called off the, the dogs midway through the fourth and kind of move on to fight another one in the second leg of this road trip. Certainly no shame in losing to a team like the Denver Nuggets after the game. James Borrego had this to say about the loss. Well, it's a challenge right now. I mean, we, we, we can't give in. 
you know, there's no excuses here. You know, every team's going through it, and we put ourselves in a strong position, as I said earlier. And right now, we should be fighting, clawing, scrapping. But this is the NBA. You're going to have nights like this, and you move forward. You know, we're not going to dwell on it and feel sorry for ourselves. We pick ourselves up. We move forward. We get better. we got a great challenge tomorrow night. They keep coming. There's no rest for the weary here. You just got to continue to play and keep fighting. The goal right now is to keep moving forward and stay together. That's the challenge right now. JB kind of, you know, just telling it like it is. I mean, again, there's no shame in losing to Denver. The one thing I would say is a slight concern right now is this is back-to-back games where the Hornets have allowed better than 50% shooting from the field. Awful lot of points in the paint. Again, Denver is a difficult team, but Sacramento is a team that has not performed as well, and they also had a good day in the paint and also shot better than 50% from the field. So what is the thing that has got your attention about these last two performances even if the Hornets did win one of them yeah well I would actually circle back on the Sacramento Sacramento's offense has been one of the best in the league the last two years obviously the Hornets didn't play well defensively that game I think they gave up close to 70 paint points but still no excuse that much but their offense actually has been playing pretty well I think it's at a 120 rating over the last seven or eight games so you know it's been kind of a shift I think you know early before the all-star break you saw the team really kind of focusing on the paint and trying to take away the three-point range. I mean, that's been kind of the defensive focus based on the personnel is kind of clog that lane and prevent the easy points. And if they beat you from three, they beat you from three. And right now it's kind of given up. I think they did a good job at three-point in the Sacramento game. But this one, I mean, 57%, gave up 16 to 44 threes. It actually isn't too bad. But, yeah, more bad stuff in the paint. It was, I think, finished with 64 points on 32 of 40 shooting. I mean, that's it's just too easy. It's not only you giving up paint points, but it's just too easy, and you just can't do that. So I think they're going to kind of have to regroup a little bit. Lakers score a lot of points in the paint. I think they're a top five, top 16 in the league. They don't shoot a lot of threes, so that's got to be the focus in tonight's game. Common trend, and we'll get more into the game against the Lakers tonight, also about this overall schedule that the Hornets are just dipping their toes into the five-game road trip now, and they're in a stretch of 11 of their next 13 being on the road. This last night's being game one of that. But the Hornets fall 129-104, to And before we go too much further into it, let's hand out some silver linings for this one. There were a couple of players who got into double figures for points. Quite a few players who, despite the lopsided score, were still a positive on the plus-minus. Sam Perley, you're the guest. Who do you like for our silver lining? Yeah, I thought Terry looked good. You know, he obviously had the big stretch at the end of the Pistons game and then had a couple big plays at the end of that Kings game as well. And I think he got going early. I think the 21 points isn't necessarily indicative of what he was capable of doing. I don't think he even played in the fourth quarter. 7 of 13 shooting, 21 points. I mean, that could have easily been a 30-point game. So he's he looks like he's playing really well right now. I thought LaMelo had a couple nice plays. I think it's sometimes, though, it's hard just to kind of get a read on the total night when it's just it's completely kind of out of hand midway through the third quarter and you just kind of you start putting in some end-of-the-bench guys and that kind of will affect you know some of the starters a little bit. I hate to say it, but sometimes you're kind of just looking to get to the end of it. And Hornets haven't had many games like this this year, but sometimes you just have a clunker and you just chalk it up as, you know what, we were just – just wasn't a good night for us, and that was one of these nights the Hornets just weren't good as a team in in this game against Denver. Before I get to my silver lining, kind of further on that line of thought, the five most lopsided losses are all 17 points or more for the Hornets, and they all have a common factor, and that is an elite center 
on the other end. Doesn't necessarily matter if that elite center goes for 30 or 35 points, but they all have significant nights. And the latest being Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. He has a triple-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, extremely efficient, going 6 of 7 from the floor. The other losses that mirror that for the Hornets, they had two to the Philadelphia 76ers, both with Joel Embiid having an elite performance, and two to the Utah Jazz, both with Rudy Gobert being a significant factor. So I I think there is a, a through line in all of the Hornets' most lopsided losses, and that is an elite big man on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you see those teams at the top of, you know, at least with Philly and, and Utah, I think are at the top of each conference right now. And Denver can't be too far behind. And yeah, Jokic is just really good. I mean, he just provides such a unique dynamic with the scoring. I mean, he doesn't even have to score a whole lot. You know, I think he came in averaging 27 points a game, 28 points a game. So they actually did a relatively good job, at least in the scoring department on him. But it was finding other guys and his touch passing. I think I sent out a tweet about it is just, it's crazy to watch. It's almost unguardable because he just basically will get the ball and just kind of angle it to the corner and hit somebody, and there's nothing you can do to defend it. So he was really good. You know, they kind of forced some of the other guys to beat him. I mean, Murray had a solid game but wasn't, you know, extraordinary. And some other guys stepped up, Michael Porter particularly, P.J. Dozier had a nice performance, and uh, Will Barton as well. So, yeah, sometimes it's one of those nights that you got to have to play a perfect night in order to beat a team like Denver. It's just a matchup problem, and the Hornets just didn't play a perfect night by any by any uh, by any means. My silver lining, and I got kind of got talked into this by uh, Rob Longo, our producer on the Hornets radio network. But it, it's not so much for what he did last night, but for what it might mean looking forward. Sometimes if you're in a, a little bit of a slump or a gully or whatever you want to call it, you need to shoot your way out of it. You need to see the ball go through the cylinder. Malik Monk did not shoot the ball particularly well against Sacramento. He was 2 of 8 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, only had 5 points. He didn't score until the fourth quarter, but he did get going in the fourth quarter last night. Ended up with 16 points in that one, did make a three, and he is going to be an important piece. He he needs to be, along with Devontae Graham, a spark plug off the bench and needs to provide something to spell LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. This team needs to be deep and needs to take advantage of thinner teams' second units. So not so much for what it meant last night, obviously a very lopsided game, but what it might mean looking ahead, I think Malik Monk will be my silver lining. Yeah, I love that one, actually. I briefly thought about it, but I did not choose it. Yeah, I think he's still getting, you know, it's taken a few games. Now having Devontae back, who missed all that time, I think, in February with the, the knee injury, and Devontae comes back and is kind of running the show in that second unit, and he's still kind of adjusting to his role, and that's going to affect how Malik is going to adjust to his role a little bit. And, yeah, I think it's good. You know, I think a lot of the points he scored last night was when the game was a little bit out of hand. But like you said, I think just kind of seeing the ball go through the net and, you know, he's getting less shots. So Malik has got to have less shots than maybe he was during that February stretch. So finding a way to impact the game when you're not getting as many shots. And this isn't a knock on Malik. He hasn't done anything wrong. It's just when you get more guys coming back into the rotation from injury, what you were doing before is going to shift a little bit. So nice dynamic to have because it means you got guys healthy. But yeah, I think that I think that's a really 
good way to look at it is just seeing the ball go through the net a handful of times and hoping to kind of set them up to get back in a little bit more of a rhythm as this road trip transpires. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on a Two Sams edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We've got a lot to talk about. There is a game tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll set you up for that one in a little bit. But coming up next, we're looking at the overall schedule the next two to three weeks as a whole. It's a very difficult one with the Hornets playing the majority of their games away from Spectrum Center often against elite competition. We'll talk about that in just a moment here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the HHC Hornets dropping a 129-104 to decision to Denver last night in the Mile High City. The most lopsided loss of the season, no rest for the weary. The Hornets immediately go into a game against the Lakers tonight. Now with their record at 20-19, and they maintain their positioning in the top six of the Eastern Conference. A half-game lead over Atlanta, half-game lead over Boston as well. And in terms of being free of the 11 spot, which is currently occupied by Toronto, they've got a three-and-a-half game cushion. So they've got some room to work with looking at the teams chasing them for the last playoff or bubble spots. That's the good news. The bad news is that's a very difficult schedule the Hornets have in front of them. They'll play the Lakers tonight, then the Los Angeles Clippers, another elite team from the Western Conference, then San Antonio, who even if you don't consider them elite as in a title contender, they are certainly a playoff team in the Western Conference, then Houston, which is still a road game, then back home to play Miami and Phoenix, two of the hottest teams in the NBA, and then they go right back on the road again for an Eastern Conference road trip where they'll see teams like Brooklyn and Indiana and Boston and Milwaukee. So this is an extremely difficult schedule ahead for the Hornets with 11 out of 13 being on the road, including last night's. Your thoughts, Sam Purley, on maybe the expectations for this team, how to survive this or what survival really looks like? Yeah, I've got two things. Well, one, I think everyone's got to go on a trip like this at some point. Everyone's going to play virtually the same or actually, yes, everyone's going to play the exact same amount of home games, same amount of road games. So I kind of look at it two ways. One, these stretches are going to, or this particular stretch and then that stretch coming out after they come back home for the two games. I mean, that's how the team's going to get better is finding ways to win against tough opponents. I mean, you saw that on the last road trip in Phoenix, finding ways to win against tough teams down there, you know, right, finding a way to win in that Sacramento game, you know, putting yourself in position to win. Obviously, the Denver game wasn't really like that. But if you take care of business at home and you take care of the teams that on paper you say you should be, you know, maybe Detroit and Sacramento and I think the Hornets have won seven of eight. I'm not saying you're afforded opportunities to lose on the road, but if you take care of business, win the ones you should, you can kind of go on the road. And if you go 500 or maybe slightly below 500, you just it gives you a little bit more wiggle room in the standing. So that's one way I look at it. And the second way I look at it is, obviously, it's a tough road stretch right now. But think about all the home games this team is going to have towards the end of March, April, and May when you're really playing some meaningful games and you're jockeying for playoff position. You've got your fans back and... The weather's nice and just everyone to kind of be a little bit more lively. I mean, that's when you want your home court advantage. And when you got coming down the stretch and, and facing, you know, you got to win a couple games to keep that six or seven spot. That's kind of how I look at it is you can get through this road stretch. You can get better as a team, develop more, kind of get some tough wins, hopefully. And then 
look at the second half of the second half of the season and look at all those home games you have that you can take advantage of. So one game at a time mentality, but the schedule is what it is. It's condensed. It's it's tough, but I think it's tough for everybody right now. I would certainly agree with you that when these types of trips comes up matters. For one, you know, you want to try and get as many W's out of this difficult schedule, obviously, as you can, and they're best equipped to do so while they're healthy and playing overall pretty good basketball, which I think you could say about the last week and a half leading in to this road trip. Obviously, last night did not go well for the Hornets, but generally speaking, uh, the team has been playing well. The other aspect of it is something that you brought up, Eric Collins brought it up on yesterday's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and that is that everyone has to play these games. And when he said it, it got me thinking, so we actually made it our Chick-fil-A nugget of the game last night, but of the teams that started yesterday between fourth place and and 11th place that were not including the Hornets. So that's Miami, Boston, Atlanta, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Pacers, and the Raptors. There were three teams that all, like the Hornets, still had to play at Denver, at Lakers, at Clippers. And there are certainly some other games you would throw into the mix that are difficult ones out west that you have to play. Teams like Utah, Hornets are done with that one. Teams like Phoenix, Hornets are done with that one. Teams like Portland, Hornets are done with that one. Uh, And Dallas, too, you'd throw in there. Done with that one as well. But of those three games, Atlanta still has to go play them all on the road. The Knicks still have to go play them all on the road. The Raptors still have to go play them all on the road. So Charlotte, even if some of those teams catch up, as you said, they're going to have the more favorable schedule come May. And some of those teams are still going to have to take those trips come late April and May. And you certainly would hope that would even things out because uh, those elite teams like the Nuggets and Lakers and Clippers will be just as elite in late April and May as they are now. And I think the way the second half is kind of transpiring, I mean, you can look at teams on paper. I mean, you look at facing, just an example, facing this Philadelphia team right now when they, Joel, they don't have Joel Embiid is a lot different than when the Hornets faced them at the start of the year and they did have Joel Embiid for those three games. So, Things like that are going to pop up through the second half of the season. Random injuries, you know, the toll of this condensed season and condensed schedule. When you get into games 50, games 60, you know, maybe you catch a couple games here and there where, you know, a team is resting a couple stars as they kind of look to get to the playoffs. So they're resting guys on back-to-backs. And I think there'll be a hand. Everyone's going to benefit from some of those games here and there. And you're going to see a team that is going to not face a superstar right after you had to face them and then vice versa. So second second half of the season, I think, is going to be really compelling in that aspect. Teams that are kind of really in position to make deep playoff runs start kind of strategizing rest and minutes and holding guys back towards late April, those early May games. Hornets have to look ahead to a potential W, a bounce-back game tonight against the Lakers. you got to find wins somewhere. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, it's a tough stretch and, you know, maybe the Hornets can survive by, you know, having a, a two-and-three road trip or a one. But you got to find the wins somewhere. So you got to take advantage in the here and now of any opportunity. And the opportunity in front of them is against the Lakers. We'll give you the reasons why Los Angeles is a better team to play now than maybe they would be a couple weeks from now and set you up for Hornets, Lakers, Hornets after midnight coming up tonight on the Hornets Radio Network. More with Sam Purley coming up after this on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. 
Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, latest edition of the HHC, a two Sam's edition with the coordinator of digital media content and the author of so many of the great articles you see every day on Hornets. Dot com. Sam, Hornets at the Lakers, Los Angeles, obviously an elite team. They're the defending champs. They've got arguably one of the top two or three greatest players of all time in LeBron James on their side, who is going to have a chance to make some history tonight. If he scores a triple-double, it would be the 100th of his career. He would become the fifth player in NBA history with 100 triple-doubles. Before we get to the matchup, do you know the other th- well, just keeping in mind that we're filming this kind of late or recording this, my brain is kind of uh, shutting down for the night. Um, at the top of my head, that's exactly what say, people want to say before you analyze the game. I would say Magic, Westbrook, and maybe Jason Kidd. That's true. You got one more though. There were four. Oh, four. Um, he, he would be the fifth to do it. There were four that have done Oscar it. Oscar Robertson. Correct. Well done. How about that? How well about that? done. I, mean, I set myself up with a with an excuse ahead of time, and I had nothing to worry about. You got to stop doing that. You did that on another <laughs> podcast too. You said, "Ah, oh, you know, I have all these old swimming injuries, and I might not get this one right." And then yeah. you knocked it out of the park. That's exactly what's factoring in right now is an old swimming injury is affecting my brain. <laughs> well, the Hornets take on the Lakers tonight. Obviously, LeBron looking to make some personal history. Lakers overall, we said it before, you got to play everyone at some time. I think the Hornets, there's no better time to play the Lakers than right now, considering Hornets are hot. They won four games in a row going into the loss at Denver. Denver's a tough team at altitude, all the reasons why. And, you know, Denver's a very good team. They were in the Western Conference Finals last season against the Lakers. So this is a good opponent. Lakers are good, too, but they're not a full strength. Anthony Davis isn't over there. They have split their last 10 games, even though they're on a three-game win streak. Not as dominant a team center-wise as Nikola Jokic is. Marcus Gasol has been out, and while Montrezl Harrell is a tremendous player, a huge energy player, he's not the same kind of center that the Hornets have struggled with this season. He's not a Joel Embiid. He's not a Jokic. He's not a Rudy Gobert. All that said, it's still a difficult opponent. What are your thoughts on the matchup tonight? Going back to a couple points ago, you know, here's a break. They're not going to have Anthony Davis, and obviously he's been a handful, and they're being rightfully very cautious with this leg injury. And and believe it or not, I think the Lakers are actually starting right now a center on a 10-day contract uh, in Damian Jones. So they're actually bringing Harrell off the bench right now. And the thing that's kind of stuck out is their defense is still elite, even with I think they were top defense in the league even before before Davis' injury, and I think they're fourth since his injury. And right now they're about – they've dropped from 10th to 16th in offense, so 10th with Davis in offense, 16th without him. So the thing that's really been good for them this last 12, 13 games has been their bench play. They're leading the league in bench scoring right now, about 44 points a game. Harrell, Kuzma, Talon, Horton, Tucker have all really kind of stepped up. So they've done a really good job of kind of getting those kind of secondary guys, each picking up a little bit more slack with Davis's absence right now. And they're still really formidable, as we know. And Dennis Schroeder, I think, was out for a little while. He's starting to work his way back from rhythm into rhythm from uh, health and safety protocols. So it's obviously going to be a tough tough matchup. And again, mentioned the paint scoring is really, really something that the Lakers offense is kind of predicated on. They're not much of a three-point shooting team. They're bottom, I think I have it right here, they're 25th in attempts and 26th in make. So you got to have to focus on the paint. Even though they don't have Davis, they're going to clog the paint. They get guys down there, LeBron, obviously. So it's going to be a really tough matchup. But, you know, who knows? Hopefully they put that Denver game behind them and kind of 
regroup and focus on the task at hand. Trend lines are all about how far you extend the timeline. If you look to just since the All-Star break, the Lakers are unbeaten. They're 3-0 and since it. If you go to the last month, they have struggled quite a bit more. They've lost six of their last 11 games. And what stands out in that is there is not really an obvious you know, type of team that they're losing to. It's not like they only lose to the Utahs or they only lose on the road. They've had losses at home to a team like the Washington Wizards, who have had a tough season. They've lost on the road to a team like Sacramento, who the Hornets have beaten twice. I think there's hope on any night. Charlotte doesn't ever pack it in and not give it an honest effort. Sometimes it's obviously not their nights or they're up against adverse circumstances, and this is certainly something that you would put in that pot with Charlotte playing on night two of a back-to-back. But there's certainly a lot of reason for hope. Here's what James Borrego, head coach of the Hornets, had to say about tonight's contest against the defending champion Lakers. Yeah, you know, anytime you get a chance to play a team like the Lakers in LA against uh, you know the defending champs, there should be some extra juice. But more than anything, we should be motivated to grow as a team and get better and correct our, our mistakes from, from tonight. So that's got to be the motivator more than anything. If that adds to it, that's, that's just icing on top. But we should be very motivated tomorrow night. You would hope so. The other side of that, though, is LaMelo Ball had a media availability ahead of going to L.A., and the L.A. media poked and prodded at him, tried to get him to say, I can't wait to go against LeBron. I'm going to you know, make him pay for them trading my brother away. They, they tried everything to get him to react, and LaMelo was just like, this is another game. Like, yeah, I'm excited to play LeBron just like I'm excited to play anyone in the NBA. It's not a a shot at LeBron. He is just very even keel. He has been trained for this most of his life. It was not a surprise to him he made the NBA. It was an assumption, and that's not having a big head. That's just how he has been brought up. And the positive to that is he's not going to get overly excited. It's not going to be something odd to him to play at Staples Center. He has been brought up his entire life to play at Staples Center. So this was something that was assumed for some players. It might get the juices flowing a little bit more to go head-to-head with LeBron James in a positive way. For LaMelo, it's just another night at the office. It was funny because I was on that call too, and it's seeing this L.A. media, and we've kind of gotten used to, you know, LaMelo is, you know, kind of holds back a little bit, you know, gives good answers, but everything is kind of, short and keeps everything close to the vest and you're right they tried everything and it's funny seeing kind of a different media market kind of do the same thing that we've kind of gotten used to and just not being able to get too much out of them i think there's going to be some element of it that's going to be a special night but at the end of the day they still don't have fans and games in california right now family's not going to be there, friends so there's a specialness to it maybe the next time they go to play the lakers when they have full fans next year i think he just kind of approaches it it's basically just another empty building that we're playing in or mostly empty building that we're playing another game in. so it's really good you know we kind of laugh at it a little bit but I think it's just a really good perspective and awareness you want to have from a rookie just treating every game like every game is the exact same every opponent's the exact same that kind of helps build a consistent approach night after night because this is a when you get into game 50 and game 60 of your rookie season it can be draining for a young player for sure just another game in an empty building albeit one with 17 championship banners after they added their latest last year LeBron James and the Lakers will host your Hornets it's Hornets after midnight Tip set for 10.30 p.m. in the Queen City. All the fun starts at 9.30 with Travis T-Bone Hancock on WFNZ. 
and then I'll have the call starting at 10.30. And Matt Carroll was kind enough to volunteer you for all of the games on this road trip, Sam. Are you planning on coming back? Yes, I'll be up. This is the only 10.30 one. So I like when they kind of we start off late and then kind of ease our way back into it. And this one isn't as long as the last one. And it's funny, I was thinking, I can't even remember the last time we covered a road game on the East Coast. It feels like. Um, it has been a while. It has been a long time. So it'll be cool when we get back to those 7 p.m.s and, everything wrapped up by 10 p.m. But yes, I'll be watching. It'll be exciting. I'm excited to see how this team responds. This young team responds after kind of a tough performance against the Denver team, how they respond within 24 hours against a really tough reigning champ Laker team led by LeBron James. So it should be a really good one tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Sam, thanks again for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Of course. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we'll have another edition of the HHC tomorrow, breaking down tonight's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Hope you will download, subscribe, and tune into that one as well. Till next time, for Sam Purley, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us here on the Hornets Hivecast and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.